Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Don't Know About That, silent podcast coverage of U.S. Survivor. Today, we're going to be talking about episode 11, This Game Rips Your Heart Out of Survivor 45. And uh, I cannot do this without um, one of my very near and dear uh, Survivor besties. We met through the Survivor Diversity Campaign. He is one of the fellow wonderful individuals that uh, helps run the Twitter account with myself and many other survivor plans and survivor fans, I should say. And we have really enjoyed our time together. I am so excited to talk about this. I think this is my favorite episode of the season so far. So I am very excited to see where things go from here. But before we talk about that, we have to introduce the one, the only Malcolm McDaniel. Hello, happy, well, we're recording this on a Sunday, but super excited to be here chatting with you and getting into, I think, one of the best episodes of the season, one of the best edited episodes of Survivor, and I'm just very thankful 
that we as a well not as a fandom that we're getting 90 minutes because oh, I don't God, think absolutely. this episode wouldn't have been as juicy and beautiful and detailed if it was still to the 60 minute format so I'm really really hoping that with the reception of this episode and the season overall that like 90 minutes are here to stay Oh, I 100% agree. I believe it is confirmed that Survivor 46, at the very least, we will be getting 90-minute episodes, so we have that to look forward to as well. But mm. I definitely agree that the 90-minute episodes are doing wonders for this season. We're getting so much content from the players, from a really well-rounded cast, in my opinion. Um, Malcolm, I need to ask, if there is one season in Survivor history that we could get 90-minute episodes from, what season would you pick? Um, so 90-minute episodes, I mean, I think from an edit-wise, I would love to see 41, what that would have looked like in 90 yes. minutes, only because I think with Erica, it was kind of like a last minute, like, bam, in your face, she is the winner. But I think with 90 minutes, we could have seen more of the small intricacies that Erica was doing and hearing more from her. And then selfishly, I would have wanted to see, I think Micronesia would have been great for now. Yes. Because then we would have gotten more Suri content to more really More is always a great how, idea. Right. But we really would have been able to see how she really handled that season from like beginning to end. So I think yes. those are like two my two picks right now for 90 minutes. I I love that. I'm so glad you brought up 41 because that is my answer there. I think that this is a season with a fantastic cast and a terrible edit, especially with how they framed the winner. And I love Under the Radar winners. Don't get me wrong. I am a huge fan of Erica's win. I love when we don't uh, expect the winner right away based on the edit. Um, however, I do think it's very unfortunate that the first season in uh, the new era, they significantly under-edited uh, a, uh, the winner who is a woman of color. Um, especially in comparison to like the player. I think that a lot of people feel like myself. I feel like they gave Xander a lot of credit for things that were not necessarily uh, his doing. And that was, if you read the exit interviews of a lot of players in Survivor 41, I feel like that is kind of the sentiment across the board there. And this is not to uh, shame Xander in any way or anything like that. That is just like my opinion on like the edit as a whole is trying to say. Um, but I think that cast was also fantastic and a great cast to get 90 minutes out of as well. So that would have been a lot of fun. I agree with that. And I think like if I was picking selfishly, Oh, I don't even know if I was like any season in the world. I think I got the exact. I would love to have seen more of Fiji of the Fiji alliance that made the final three, obviously. But I just don't know if I don't trust the survivor producers of that time to actually show me. <laughs> I think we would have gotten more of the four horsemen and that was it. Right. Um, and Yao Man, who I love Yao Man, but like that, like we already saw a lot of him. And um Maybe Samoa, just because we could have gotten more of, like, Natalie and some of the players that I liked more than Russell. Um, yeah. Or maybe Heroes vs. Lens. I think that's also, like, obviously it's a very strong cast. It's usually rated one of the most popular seasons of all time, one of the greatest seasons, if not the greatest season of all time. But I always hate how they really just give 
such a huge edit to Russell and not a big edit to a lot of other people, including the winner, who is also a woman of color. So, you know, maybe Natalie that's my... Natalie a woman of color? No, so Heroes versus Villains. Oh, I thought you were talking about yes. Samoa. I was like, oh. No, both of the... Well, I think That's both of me. those seasons... Really, really, I think those seasons could be fixed by them giving Russell less screen time. But I think that they also have fun casts. And, like, if they were going to give Russell all of this obnoxious airtime, we could at least have more time to show some of our other players, like the winner of Heroes versus Villains, Sandra Diaz-Twine, who is a woman mm. of color, or, like, right. obviously, we have so many great side characters in Heroes versus Villains, too. Like, uh, mm. Jerry was literally one challenge away from winning. I would have loved to see more of her. Um, right. I would have loved to see players like Candace get a little more perspective of their, uh, their game as, like, a hero, a player on the Hero Tribe that really did not deserve that torment to her. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> That poor woman. I pray for her <laughs> every day, queen. Though. Yes. But um, so thinking of things like that, I think maybe maybe heroes versus villains is the season that I think um, you know, I think yeah, more screen time on more airtime of heroes versus villains certainly can't hurt, right? Like right. that was it's already like a great that was season. Too obvious of an answer, right? Because like, how do you not yeah. love versus villains? Like, I remember reading an article where the production was like, you don't waste. A confessional and heroes versus villains like all confessionals were great so imagine all the other confessionals that were left on the editing floor yes. for that season so yeah even some of the players that we lost really early in the season like obviously Sari, but even players like tom or some of these other players that are you know kind of like titans of their original seasons and mm -hmm. um players like that i just think it would be great to see more from the, I like you can't you can't possibly say that like more of Sari and Tom Westman and some of these other players that left early is a bad thing you know right. we get more airtime of them so I think things like that would be great um but yeah 45 is doing its thing I actually really love this cast and I already said that this episode was amazing but it has to be said before we go into everything that happened that this is, for me at least, the unexpected ending point for the icon that is Emily Flippin, um, financial analyst. And I did not think she was going here. I, up until, really up until the votes were read, I did not think she was going. And I'll tell you what I thought was going to happen because it wasn't the Austin vote here. Um, okay. So do you remember during this episode, we see, we actually get voting confessionals this episode in part because we know Julie is playing her idol. Right. Um, and, but we see everybody's votes for Julie except Drew's. And what I thought was going to happen here because Emily had spilled to Drew that Julie was trying to um, throw another player under the bus or trying to turn the vote against her towards Austin. What I thought was going to happen was that Julie was going to vote for either Emily or Austin. And then Drew was actually going to throw a throwaway vote at one of the uh, Bellow members so that he could get them mm -hmm. out as well. So that was what my assumption was here, was that like we were just going to get like a shock at the end and that that was the way that Emily was going to make it through. I really right. did not expect that uh, – I really did not expect Emily's time to end here, even though I think she had um, – I have some 
critiques that I noticed during the episode of her game, which we'll get into in a bit. But also, um, she was such a big character of the season. I just felt like she was kind of guaranteed a spot in the finale, at least. Not necessarily the final three, but like that final five onward spot. So it does feel kind of wild that we don't like that she's not going to be there not be there as like a player she's going to be on the jury now but oh my god yeah i think when it comes to first of all i've been an emily fan like day one moment one first confessional do we want to do a moment of silence for emily flippin financial analyst yes moment of silence and we move all right (laughs) now please continue please continue your thoughts here I just from her first confessional, I was a fan. The moment, like her confrontation with Bruce, like I know, uh, like seeing some interactions on Twitter, like you know, very controversial. I think in terms of, like her response of like targeting Bruce, targeting Sabaya, targeting Caleb, and kind of like the theme that was going there. But I, I, what I appreciate it is just her raw transparency of her thoughts because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you, there's, I don't think there's anything not that there's anything wrong to like think about those things. I do think there needs to be conversations about implicit bias, but I also Mm -hmm. think if you take a moment and you think about it from Emily's perspective and especially knowing that she was on the bottom and it's like, it needs to be like an anyone else but me. So what are the reasons that I can think about to try and either mingle my way in there or feeling like if I can't get in there, how do I then isolate them so I can get rally everyone else? It's just so interesting in terms like, when you take a moment and you think about everyone else's perspectives, because of course, as fans, we're getting an edited version of what's going on. Um, But I think especially seeing her growth arc and her partnership with Caleb um, and how that transformed as they continue to be the Lulu losers, um, then getting to merge, how she put herself in a really, really good position at um, New Bello, um, her relationships with Drew and Austin, I think, her growth arc was really, really great to see throughout the season. And I think I, I I was shocked. I did not think Emily was going home. And I told myself, I was like, if Emily gets through this vote, because I think this is the vote where she's most vulnerable, if she can get through this, I I think she's winning. So mm-hmm. when she when she got voted out, I was like, wow, this is for me shocking. But I I I understand why. Do I agree with the decision? I think we'll get into it a little more. I don't. I don't think this was this was right. But yeah, you know. Uh, you know, I disagree. I think Julie made the right <laughs> call here. However, I will say, um, on your point about uh, like Emily's arc throughout the season, um, you know, there is no Emily, there is no bigger Emily flipping fan than. Sabaya on Twitter. She has been coming up in arms for her fellow Lulu sister here. And um, so I think that that has been like a really great perspective to have on the game and kind of shut down some of the assumptions about like some of Emily's targets earlier in the game. Um, But one person that I do kind of want to talk about before we get into anything, because this has just been kind of like dancing around in my head a little bit here, but I want to know. Do you think that it was the right call for Emily to take out Bruce this past episode? Because so hindsight is 2020, right? And I have been I I was on the fence in the initial episode. Um, Part of me thought that it was not a good plan on her part. And obviously, now that she was taken out by Julie here, 
Um, I think that might be where a lot of people go. But when you're looking at like the risk assessment and seeing like how what's the word, like how of a, much of a bonding experience that vote out was for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. It did feel like that would have been a opportunity for Emily, like for Emily to elevate her game and also maybe form stronger bonds with some of these other players here. So I've been kind of all over the place about it. I, I kind of lean more towards she should have taken Bruce out at a different time or she should have waited until uh, he lost immunity again or something like that. Like, cause that is a target that's always going to be there. But I, I don't necessarily hate the move for her in the grand scheme of things, because I think it did serve an opportunity to really elevate her game and really pay forward as like, this is her move. Yeah. So I, I think that it was the right move. Okay. Um, and I say that because I think as we're seeing Emily throughout the season, especially when she met Jordan Austin, seeing how well she played with the four Rebos, I think she was putting herself right smack in the middle of two pairs. Mm-hmm. And I think if she rode that out, right, if they kept the begonging of Bella, right, so it's just her and the four Rebos, I think at final five where it's the last opportunity to actually vote someone out, Right, I think Emily then puts herself in the spot to be the swing between the D, D and Julie versus Drew and Austin. And I know reading, I think one of her exit interviews, her ideal final three was Drew and Austin. So I think that would have been a prime opportunity for her to keep on getting to final tribal. Now, does she put herself in a position to win? I'm not 100% sure, but I think being able to get Bruce out and seeing how she finessed it, I think would have been a strong talking point against Drew and Austin, especially because they were a part of three before, you know, there was a possibility to split votes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it was a good move if that was her intention to ride with the Rebas till the final five to then be in the middle. Yeah, I do feel that. But I do think that this uh, her plan final three with Austin and Drew is sort of a blind spot for her here because I think that does end up being like her downfall in this episode. Not necessarily because I think she has a good chance of winning if she is in the final three with Austin and Drew because their games are so similar right now outside of Austin having idols, which obviously he misplayed here. But um uh um but I think like Emily's story is so unique that going to the end with two people that have very similar games and her having that distinction of the Bruce vote out would be great but also her loyalty in particular what we see is her loyalty to Drew was so uh prominent here and like so distinct to her game that it really meant that when she had opportunities to work with other players we did see her still run to drew with these names and i think that ended up showing that like this is part of the reason why i think julie made the right call here in voting out emily because this is not a player that was ever going to work with her and even when julie threw out a bone to her for Throwing like voting for literally someone that was just not herself, which was Austin here. Um, yeah. That this is this was an opportunity of her to at very least try to get Julie to write Austin down instead of her, and that would have been the distinction for her game, and like that could have get brought her to the final six. And the worst part of it would be that one of the people that she wanted to go to the final three with 
we're not there anymore. Yeah, you know, I think the problem with this entire plan was Drew telling Austin, right? And yes. with a vote of seven, you need a four, right? So you have Emily, Katora, Jake. Drew just could have been the four, right? And mm -hmm. this would have been a move that would have separated himself from Austin and D. And, and if Drew got his way, then Julie would be voted out and she wouldn't yeah. have to play it, right? But I think the Reba camaraderie. And I think, I don't want to say, I don't want to call it a stranglehold, but I think the power that D has shown all season of keeping the Rebas together, I think that has, that's the demise of Drew because all he needed to do is say like, I'm willing to make this flip. Don't say nothing. Don't speak nothing about this. Yeah. And we can blindside Julie and get her out, you know? Because of course, D's plan is the Rebas together because I think she is the best player out of the Rebas. So if she sits next to any of them, she's gonna be the winner. I mean, I think yeah. at this point, if she sits next to anyone, she's. Gonna I think be the winner, yeah. But... I think that what we have gotten from like the assumptions of the players left in the game at this point is that if D gets to the end, I, I don't know how the Reba four feel about this, but at least with the outsiders in the game, that yeah, if Julie or if D gets to the end she wins. They also seem to think that if Julie gets to the end, she wins. Um, but I'm not so confident. Maybe this move is something that will definitely uh, be distinctive to her specifically. But um, I think once they learn a little bit more about how that information got back to Julie, that yeah, D is kind of, D, not kind of, she is the powerhouse of this season right now. And mm -hmm. I love her for it. Yeah, I, I wish that we got more the content like i know like i want even more because she is the one that's like running and dominating and i yeah. feel like this was like a resurgence of these presence because i feel like the past two episodes it's kind of been a little quiet mm -hmm. um, from these end because we were getting so much emily yeah. um but i think now we're gonna get more of these perspective right because she was able to keep the two people that she's closest to which are julie and austin to mm -hmm. keep their loyalty. I don't see them breaking away anytime soon. I don't think that would be a good gameplay for either of them, right? For Austin to like run to D to tell them this plan to then potentially yeah. like blindside her the next round. I think that would be a little shocking, but I think that um, she has like a solid three that will probably vote with her going into a final six, right? I also think that Drew should now have enough information to know that he is number four of the rebounds mm -hmm. if he does not win immunity. Um, so does he now, like, it, you know, I know we're going like into like potential next episode, right? But now does he force rocks with Katora and Jake to try and like usurp this power dominance that's currently being had, right? But I think I think that's what's been, I don't want to say frustrating about the Reba Paganging, but it's like, is no one not questioning who's number four? And yeah. as there were more people in the game to possibly like change the dynamics around, you know, is it now getting a too little too late, especially yeah. now knowing that there's not a vote at four, you know, Austin, you know, has an idol. So he's going to at least be guaranteed five if he plays it, um, you know, next round. That's something that I've been that I'm curious to hear about maybe like postseason as to yeah. when were people questioning who's number four. Well, actually, one of the other things that I really liked about this episode was that we got two instances of players 
kind of pushing back against the new school format because we got a confessional from D saying that just because of the uncertainty of like what twists are coming or uh, what advantages are coming in the final, they're at final seven in this episode. So like the final seven onward, um, they need to keep those numbers. So really what she's saying um, is that like the for, the way that production has formatted the final the final stages of the game with lots of unpredictability and twists has really pushed for Reba to play a more conservative game and keep the sure thing here, which is that if they stick together as a four all the way to final four, they ne- they don't necessarily have to betray one another because they um because with the assuming that it's still final four five final four fire making, they're gonna be able to uh just let it fall to how like how it will at this point. No one has to vote anyone out at Final Four, so they don't really have to think about that. It's either you win immunity or you beat the person that is your opponent in Final Four fire making. And right. I think that that is going to be very interesting moving forward. And that like, um, and we also got an opportunity or we got a confessional from Katora where she said, or it wasn't confessional, it was a comment in the episode where she's just saying, why can't we vote someone out at final four? And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, my queen. Of course. Why can't we just vote someone out at final four? Cause that you, and I obviously, I think like the old school format of survivor has a nostalgia factor to it that helps. Like, you know, I, I don't necessarily prescribe to all of the, old school players being like back at my day, you know, survivor was 39 days. Cause you know, the players don't have uh, a say in that or anything like that. But I do think that there is something to be said about the fact that players had a lot more agency in their game. And that I think the dynamics are much more interesting when you vote at final four versus when you have a fire making challenge at final four. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is something that is really difficult for me to move past in the new era because I think that a lot of these end games for players, particularly the biggest threats, would look a lot different had there not be a Final Four fire-making challenge in there because that's an opportunity, again, to take out these other threats. Um, What I think production doesn't necessarily see is that or understand is that when you keep putting these things in, it doesn't make those big threats – it doesn't give those big threats another opportunity to stay in the game. It just means they're going to get voted out earlier. Yeah. And, you know, I think with just with all the uncertain elements that are placed in the game, we have a shot in the dark. We mm-hmm. have a knowledge is power. We have these idols with all these like certain like twists and like stipulations of with them. Like there, there's too many variables that can fuck up plans. Oh, sorry. I don't know if you curse or not. <laughs> But, like, there there are too many variables that can screw up plans. And I think, if anything, all it's doing is it should be encouraging more conservative gameplay, right? Like, I think good players that are thinking about their own best interests will continue to throw pinky votes in the event that someone successfully plays a shot in the dark, right? Like, I think, I still think about what happened to Jemaya this past season. And all it took was just one person just saying, I'm just going to throw a random vote on someone and let's just see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's I think the- if Emily throws a vote on someone, there are just so many times this season where all it took was one person 
to yes. get to play a little more conservatively to we change just need, the entire outcome. Truly, especially, I don't know what players were thinking here because oh, Reba specifically, um, or like even Drew, that's kind of why I thought that Drew was going to throw a hanky vote this episode because he knows that Julie has a fucking idol. And everyone just agreed to vote unanimously here. Uh, all of, like, of the people that were voting, uh, three of them that voted for Julie knew she had an idol. And uh, D was the one that, like, knew that she was going to play it here. But, like, you know, you don't use this opportunity to just kind of, like, maybe – I don't see – it doesn't benefit Drew to lose en- Emily here. This is the person that right. this move really screws over the most. And, like – it, I don't understand why, if he doesn't want to at least tell Emily that Julie has an idol, throw a hinky vote to one of the Bellow people, even though I would hate to see it and I would cry, or throw it to Austin or somebody that... Um, or why not can... throw it to Dee? Like, I she's don't know. Power, I don't think uh, well, she gets it seems the votes like... out, but... So, I think what happens here is that Drew does want to get out Austin, and Austin wants to get out Drew at some point because of um, their games are so similar. Like they, they even on the swap, they were swapped onto the same tribe. And I, there just isn't really um, anything too distinctive between the two besides those idols. And now I think because Austin really misplayed this round, Drew's stock is a little further up than Drew's. However, um, I mean, sorry, Drew's stock is a little more up um, compared to Austin's right now because Everybody left in the game knows that Austin screwed up this round. But um, I do think that I do think that Drew benefits more losing Austin here than Emily. And if he's really thinking that like Austin is his biggest competition in the final three at this point, then he should have thrown a vote to him just just, so, just to just in case, especially because I know he knows that Austin has an idol, but just in case I'm like uh just in case he doesn't play his idol, which he didn't here. I think that, like, if you have a tied vote between Emily and Austin here, uh, Julie can't vote, and uh, Emily and Austin can't vote. So it would be D, Drew, and the two Bellow people. And I don't think the two Bellow people would screw over. Like, maybe they would want to get out Emily, but there probably would be an opportunity there for Drew to try to convince them to vote out Austin here. I mean, and this is obviously like hindsight is 2020 type situation, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there were other possibilities that would have elevated this episode even more, which is what I thought was going to happen. But really this was just like a highlight reel for Dee and Julie here, I think. Yeah, no, very accurate. But, and I think it just goes back to my point where you really have to think very conservative, like more defensive gameplay than offensive, right? Because I think yeah. offensively, it's like we're putting all the fucking bolts on Julie and she's going to go out and that's that. Yeah. And not even thinking about, well, Drew should know that she has an idol. She should, she yeah. should play it. And he knew that Austin spilled. So yeah. it's like, I'm surprised no one like changed the plan, threw a hinky vote somewhere. Like no one just took yeah. that moment in that confessional booth, in that voting booth to mm-hmm. say, you know what, just in case all these plans fail and flop, <laughs> I'm just going to do this just in case, right? And I think yeah. really that onus should have been on Emily because Emily had enough information to know that Julie was probably going to write her name down. 
So to make sure yeah. she stayed in the game, needing to throw it on someone. I think that could have been the time where like she put that random vote on Jake. Yeah. Right. And then I was like, all right, we can stop playing around now. We can like actually yeah. take out Jake here, you know, but I think it's all in hindsight, but I, I wish that there was just like a little less of a variable, right? Again, thinking about like extra vote, shot in the dark, knowledge is power, like immunity idols, you know, there's yeah. just so much that can go wrong in terms of a voting plan. Let's ask Omar from uh, 42 how that went for him of like that extra vote and how that screwed him over, not screwed him over because like Marion played it effectively, but like it's just something that you don't anticipate, you know? So I yeah. think it's definitely going to encourage as more, I'd like to think more fans are getting cast on the show, but if fans that really, really know the game and know all the different mechanics that can be on the island, it's just going to encourage more hinky votes. And I think eventually there will be a point of chaos where it's like, why are there like five people getting votes at one tribal council? That don't make no sense. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, mm -hmm. But I, and also I just wanted to uh, clear the air here, Malcolm. Um, whose idol did Julie play here? Was that Austin's idol or was that Julie's idol? Um, I think that was Julie's idol. That was Julie's idol. Yeah. Am I right? I'm so sick of people telling, saying that this is Austin's idol. No, sorry, sir. You forfeited that to, you gave that to Julie and then did not ask for it back as what I am assuming here is what was going right. on. And like, and then you tried to blindside her, but then also told D about the plan and all of this other stuff. I'm like, that is Julie's idol. She played it. It is her idol. And it and makes also, this episode even funnier that we finally got an answer to like, did Julie give Austin his idol back? The answer was no. And we got great television because of it. And I'd like to say props to Julie for not giving the idol back. Like if you're not yes. going to ask, why should I give it back? Like, I don't, A, it's a game for a million dollars. B, I don't know you like yeah. that. I've only known you for like 20 something days. Like you misplayed that idol and gave it to me. I'm a, I'm a rock Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and he was maybe he was uh very close to being the person going home here so he could have mm -hmm. very well gone home on his own idol here which so many thoughts on the possibilities there but yeah this was i think this uh this was a rough episode for austin but it's also his own doing so it's kind of funny to watch it's like a little bit of schadenfreude right now um yeah. that like oh like this is, you know, we've been having this like continuing storyline in the previously on Survivor that Austin gave Julie his idol and it is now Julie's idol, but we have not heard anything about the results of that until this episode. And it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we get into like the aftermath of everything, like after the immunity challenge and everything, I wanted to bring up two points. One is that Emily went on a journey here where, um, they came onto a boat and basically they said uh, someone has to volunteer to go on a journey. And if multiple people want to go, then you pull rocks. So Emily picked the uh, the colored rock. It was a green rock this green. time, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Emily picks the green rock. She goes to the journey and is basically told she can play for – I actually liked – this journey um because i'm so sick of like you play for an extra vote or to double your vote all of that crap i'm so sick of it so i'm gonna just ignore that right now but she basically got an opportunity to play for immunity here and um but she had to risk her vote to do so and 
she would win um, individual immunity for herself if she uh, played the savvy puzzle that was in the Survivor premiere of this season. And um, this was the puzzle that neither team got in this episode here. And um, so Emily decides not to risk her vote here and to not play the game here because the vote is one of the most powerful pieces of information that she has here. Um, what do you think about her decision not to play here? I think it's the right call. Like, thank I, you. I'm sorry. Like, and I think my internal frustration with this season is the amount of times people have lost their vote. <laughs> like, yes, for Survivor, like the goal is to vote people out. If I am not voting, what am I doing at Tribal yeah. Council? Like, I am just sitting there and doing nothing, right? Like, I think, and I think with the position that Emily's in, right? Like, there's still these four rebels. <laughs> like, yeah. Even if there was something to pot, right? Imagine she actually lost her idol, then this whole plan that Drew even wanted to do would be almost near impossible. Yeah. Without Emily's vote, right? Like, and with your vote, you have agency and like, what's going on you get to be part of the conversations and i think at final seven it's a terrible time to lose your vote it's one of the last potential power shifts of the game where there are four people left i just i think it was the right call especially if you can look at that challenge and say i don't feel confident that i'm able to achieve this right like yeah. i think because of the end result of the episode right maybe it's like hey i should have at least went for it but I think the outcome yeah. still stays the same. Yeah. And I think people are forgetting on the part here that this puzzle was not won by either team in the uh, Savvy or Sweat portion of this game. And I think that's important <clears throat> to remember here because um, actually we got this really – I think it was Carson that tweeted this out um, earlier about like this is actually an incredibly difficult puzzle to do. And uh, if you are not confident in it, then probably the best thing to do here is to not play at all and to keep your vote here rather than risk immunity. And obviously because she is the one that went here, that might get some people to say otherwise. But I do genuinely think that she made the right call here because she would have been even more screwed if she had lost her vote here, even if the the opportunity to win immunity – just facing herself might have been tempting. I do think that this was the right call. I think the place where she went wrong was either telling Drew about Julie's plan to vote out Austin here or to tell um, or just like not throwing a hanky vote her way, knowing that they were all throwing votes on Julie and there was an opportunity for her to go home here. If there was anything that she had done different to for me, it would have been one of those two things here. Yeah, I think. I don't blame her for telling Drew about like Julie's potential plan to vote out Austin because again, her and Drew have been so close throughout the season. Yeah. So I I think that makes sense. I definitely do think it's like her not throwing a hanky vote on someone, anyone, yeah. right? Like I think that was a more is like I just need to get through this vote. And yeah. I will figure it out moving forward of yeah. what can happen. I just got to get through this vote, and I think. For Emily, I think the right hinky vote, because that's something I've been asking myself, like, who does she place that vote on for it to be ensured that it's not her? I do think it's Jake. I think the Rebas yeah. would at least went along with that. I think 
um, that wouldn't have caused so much blowback, right? Because let's say if she put it on D, she then has to use that live tribal moment to convince yeah. Drew or Austin, like, yo, like, take out D now. This is our only chance. Yeah. And so, like, I think that would have been too much. I think a Jake vote would have been, like, nice and easy. She still has all the Rebas. I think there could have been an opportunity to, like, mend yeah. that. So she still goes along with them. But yeah. um, I think that's where if we have to point to something that Emily did wrong this episode. I think it's just a hinky vote. But I do, I think if production is going to do these like journeys and there's a challenge for people to do, I think it has to be where you, you win something versus like losing your vote. Because yeah. I think you're going to get more people to say no. And of course, yeah. that's not going to be exciting TV where it's like, yeah. oh, you can, you have an opportunity to win an advantage. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll take my chances and see what happens. But like, I, risking my vote, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. Especially if you're going to continue having people risk their vote with these small behind tribes. Like losing your vote on a tribe of six or a tribe yeah. of five, if you're thinking, if you want to think all the way back to Brandon in uh, episode two, right? Or you're on a tribe of five and you to risk your vote. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot it is. I agree. I agree. And I'm just kind of I'm tired of that being the punishment here. Like, let people vote. I'm sorry. Like, enough with this gerrymandering and survivor. It happens enough <laughs> in the real world here. Like, let us please just let people vote. It just mm-hmm. feels like such an uh such like in predictable punishment at this point that just really again encourages conservative gameplay in this season where we have a lot of fans that are actually excited to play the game here. So like, let them play, trust the players to bring good content. I would be down if they had some punishments here, something like, Oh, you have to stay at the sanctuary for the night or something like that. Like do bring back exile Island in some form or, you vote know, publicly. Like, do, at least publicly. Vote. Yeah. Do something that is just like, not so terrifying, I guess I would say. Like, um, not so like detrimental to the unpredictability of Survivor. Cause a lot of our best moments in Survivor history were created because of either idols or blindsides. And you gotta have your vote to do a blindside. And idols are idols. They are not knowledge is power. They are not um they are not shots in the dark. They are not steal of votes or anything like that. Just Plain, simple idols. One at each camp. Call mm-hmm. it a day. Yeah. Oh, you know what would be cool? Imagine if you go play one of those challenges and, like, the, the punishment would be joining another tribe. So not a swap. Yes. You just get added to a whole new tribe. Now imagine if you're on the app of your tribe and you're just, like, throwing it to just go on to a different <laughs> But the, I think that would be interesting would to be, see, Yes. Right? Oh, like, absolutely. Like, imagine if Brandon had that choice where it's like if you lose this you have to join either reba or bello as the yes. sole lulu member right he yes. probably is like you know what i'm gonna take a crack at it right because yeah. like at least i get to keep my vote but at least if i lose i i may have inroads to try and figure something else out that would be like, very interesting i do like that a lot oh mm-hmm. i love that or even if it was like um maybe even for something like if you're in the merge point of this game you're gay uh you either you can play that puzzle to win immunity or you if you fail, you don't win immunity and you sit out of the immunity challenge. 
something like yeah. that, where it's like, you still have your vote. You still have some level of agency in the game. If you fail this task, you lose immunity and you're not going to be able to get it in any form in this round, but you still have your vote. So you still have opportunities to protect yourself. And for some of the players, they might have an idol. So they might feel even more a uh, risk taker here. Um, right. I think that that would be really interesting to see. I think like, but Malcolm, why haven't they hired us yet? Like we have great ideas. I don't know. You know, I'm just some guy in New York. What do I know? Oh, we have great ideas. <laughs> We're killing it. But it's time also to be in Jeff Probe's DMs then to be like, yeah, all my list of ideas. I have great opinion. Please listen to this podcast. I know you are probably a regular <laughs> listener, but yes, I 100 percent agree here. Um also, the other big moment of this episode is that we do get to learn a little bit more of Katora's backstory. Um, up until now, she I've loved Katora's like as a player. She is so funny. Um, the Bruce and Katora rivalry to me was hilarious. I'll bet like they should have given her a little more screen time about things other than her rivalry with Bruce. But now we actually get to learn a little bit about her and what has driven her to become a civil rights lawyer. And what currently has um, what the story that was told to us was that she was pulled out of school in fifth grade to join um, her parents joined a religious cult that heavily encouraged homeschooling. We don't know too much about what happened, but eventually when she was I think it was like 13 or 14, she said um, mm. leader of the cult said that she was going to be his next wife. And that is when her family escaped. But then once she was rejoined, like reacclimated into society, she was so behind. And also she had all of these societal, you know, like um, obstacles for her being a black gay woman that um, has just escaped a lot of trauma here, which led her to being a, a civil rights lawyer and, uh, you know, speaking for those that were not able to speak for themselves, much like she was not able to when she was younger. Um, this was a much different backstory than anything that we have ever gotten in Survivor in terms of like, uh, particularly escaping religious trauma. But the way that it was worded here it was like she has been through a lot but this is also a story of triumph in like how she is able to navigate the world today and to stand up for herself today and I think that that is something so amazing and so powerful and just like it made me love Katora even more and that is not something that I thought was possible because she's already one of my favorite players of this season yeah I first of all I just want to give Katora her flowers because I think it's a lot to be vulnerable and to be vulnerable on such a platform like Survivor and diving into your story, right? Like I know even for myself, like I think about like my life and this, the experiences that I've had that have made me the person that I am today. And I think even for me this year, just really like owning that um, versus just like completely ignoring that. And I appreciate her vulnerability to, have us learn more about herself and what's made her like the strong woman that she is today especially as she like navigates survivor and really i feel like playing in her own best interests right like sometimes you push sometimes it's just about survival right and i think katora is in a good spot where like with all the names that were potentially options 
today, she was the, one of the few that was not even mentioned as an option for a vote out. So I think it is showing her subtle, strong gameplay here. Um, mm -hmm. I think that I also appreciate that we got more Katora content because um, I agree with you where I feel like for the past 10 episodes, it's just been Katora versus Bruce. And it's like, all right, who's going to be the victor in that battle? Um, so I'm glad that when that that wasn't the end of her story and that we're getting more Katora content because I think it could have been really easy to just like purple her mm -hmm. and having her be continue to be one note but getting to understand more Katora as a person um I thought was really beautiful and I I appreciate her for wanting to share that story yeah. with everyone yeah and we love it we love Katora content here um Katora tent if we Katora <laughs> tent if we we'll we'll trademark it later we'll figure out the yeah. name we'll workshop it a little bit but yeah so I'm so happy and she made it to final six which I think we talked about in our survivor diversity campaign group chat Katora is actually uh the black queer player who has made it the furthest in survivor history so far so um she's already surpassed what the original placement was which I think was sadly very low but um right. she has made it to a point in the game she's at final six she has confirmed made it to final six um and, and strong I think she's making final five okay, I, I do think she is making final five as well I think that um in I think the worst thing that could happen to her in the next episode knock on wood is that uh Jake wins immunity here because I think that if it's not a Reba person going, they are going to finally get out Jake if he is not immune. Um, or Jake being the one to find an idol here. Um, mm -hmm. I think that he is the person that is going to go between the two unless he is immune in some way. If they decide to take out a Bella person, they could still try to take out a Reba person. I am giving up on that idea now because I've said it for like the past couple episodes and I have been wrong every time. So. Yeah. Let me just stop talking about that. <laughs> but I think that unless that happens, she is good for the final five. I think it'll be really interesting to see what her game looks like in the finale setting. I think that um, I don't know too much about her winning chances here. I think it is also very dependent on what the next few rounds look like. But I don't hate her chances of making it to the finale. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to give a shout out to my guys that I watch Survivor with on a weekly basis because we are all big Katora fans. So we yes. were, were talking about Katora's win equity. Um, and I, I think she can win. But I think as of right now, she has to sit next to Drew and Jake. I think yeah. the moment one of them leave, then I, I think it's a wrap for Katora. And, yeah. But I think this final six is setting up that potential stage where yeah. like Drew knows he's number four of the Rebas. I think, you know, Katora and Jake are right there as possible options. And I think if D, Austin and Julie are on the jury, I think, I don't know how much credit they'll give to Austin yeah. in terms of like the power that he's had. Cause we've watched Austin try to make moves and they kind of flop for whatever reason, yeah. right? So I think, I think there is a scenario, right? And I think for Katora, right? the all the stuff she had to go through with bruce learning how she was on the bottom and pivoting when she needed to like i i think there is 
winner possibility there, but I think the way that final six plays out will determine for me if it can actually be a reality or if yeah. it's just like the winner in my heart. I mean, she's okay. already the winner in my heart, but same, same, I think same, same. There could be the reality where she's the actual winner, depending on how final six goes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and then when we get to the immunity challenge, Drew wins immunity. I actually love this challenge because I feel like it has so many moving parts here besides like swim a lap or uh, throw something, you know, like they do have mm-hmm. to throw something, but there's other things they have to do before that point. And then we get to the arch puzzle, which I thought was really cool. Um, I like it. I loved it. And I feel like there were a lot happening here. So it did feel like, you know, they always say the puzzle is like the great equalizer in Survivor. But a lot of the times it really isn't because like, what am I doing trying to hope for a puzzle after a swimming challenge? Because I'm not winning a swimming challenge. Like, (laughs) like, there are just some things that I'm not going to uh, recover from, including that. Um, Mm. So we're going to, you know. But I do like that there were a lot of opportunities for players to catch up here. Um, I love that the we get I love the arch puzzle, but also that it had to be the same on both sides. So Drew, I mean not Drew, Austin fumbles the bag really hard because he doesn't realize that it's supposed to be the same on both sides. And, right. But we do get um we do get Drew solving the puzzle here on both sides. He wins immunity. Um I think this will be interesting round for Drew in the next episode. I think that this is going to be something that uh, if he doesn't win immunity, he could be a likely candidate to go here in terms of players that the Reba faction could turn against. I think that is an opportunity there. Um, but I'll see like what the what the steps are going to look like moving forward, kind of like what that next opportunity is. But they get a Survivor barbecue that they're going to bring back to camp. And it's going – I love when they do rewards at camp. I love when Mm. they do that and, like, let the other people sit there and watch us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he picks – he does another girls' night um, versus boys' – not really night, but, like, a boys' lunch, boys' barbecue versus a Mm. girls' sitting in the water reading their buffs afterwards because they know that they cannot work together this round. Um, I kind of love that they were doing like the gender divide during these rewards. Um, But it not being like a women's alliance, guys alliance thing. Like it's just like, yeah, they're having a fun time, but also they have their own individual games going on. So this isn't going to be something that's going to result in a, uh in like a alliance or final three final four deals or anything like that so i'm very excited to see where this game goes it's just a very fun cast i like them i like it a lot yeah and you know i think that's always like the nervousness about winning rewards right is that it could potentially expose like what your true intentions are so i think the fact that this cast has kept it simple it's like all right girls let's go guys let's go like yeah. I, I still think about the montage. I think it was last week. It was guys. so funny. I loved it so much. <laughs> and but again, something that we wouldn't have gotten. If yes, the episode for sixty minutes. So I really do hope ninety minutes stays. I real. I literally tweeted that was that like the girls' night at the sanctuary, guys' night at camp might be my favorite segment in the new era and we would not have gotten it in a 60 minute episode i know that for a damn fact and i hate to think about that but i'm so happy we did get it because it was just very funny um and that's what we need in survivor we don't need everything to be strategy strategy advantages strategy we want to have camp life we want to have funny moments we want to see 
players just being goofballs. Like it's just, it's fun. It's fun. Let's have more fun. Yeah. You know, I think about like editing and like the, the way the show is being presented and I got to watch, um, which I was tweeting about my cousin, 11 years old, watching Survivor Call Wrong and just seeing how he viewed the show. He loved it. But seeing the things that he valued versus the things that I valued was so mm -hmm. different. And I feel like even that small little montage was like something for literally everyone. You know, I know Jeff talks a lot about like Survivor being like a family show. And I think any age demographic would have seen that montage and would have loved it. So I definitely think that uh, 90 Minutes Should Stay, I love cute moments like that. Even like the funny like reading of the box from this episode. I thought was also very hilarious. So, you know, it's definitely like good things to um, think about. And hopefully again, we'll continue the longevity of our favorite TV show. I know I'm very excited to see it, um, but hmm. we do uh, just kind of like summarize what we've already discussed kind of in depth is that uh, uh, the original plan to vote out Julie um, involves the Bellow members, Drew and Austin, not pulling in D because D will tell Julie. Austin feels guilty knowing that Julie has an idol, so he tells D. And literally, as he was telling her, I tweeted out D, fucking tell Julie. I'm so serious. This is like very <laughs> important to me that you tell Julie. So yeah. she tells Julie. Julie is like, all right, I'm playing my idol, her idol, as it is. And um, as she should, go off queen. And she says she's playing it. And so that's a done deal. Thankfully, she does play it, unlike Bruce, who lied to us about playing it last episode. But anyway, that is uh, that is neither here nor there. And um, sorry, Bruce. But um, then we have uh, – what's the next part of this? Oh, yeah. So Julie hears about it, and she's pissed off. So she wants to vote out Austin. And she tries to pull in the Bello and um, – the Bello and Emily folk to vote Austin with her. Um, but Emily tells Drew right away what the plan is. So what happens after that? Basically, D is begging Julie to not vote out Austin here and to vote Emily, which was the initial plan. They mm. come to tribal council. It seems like, you know, everybody is doing a unanimous vote towards Julie. And we literally get the confessional from Couture saying if this plan doesn't fail, it is because of Austin. So we know that that is the general knowledge around camp. Mm -hmm. And we vote, uh, it comes time to vote. Julie plays her idol and her sole vote for Emily is what sends her to jury here. So that is kind <sighs> of like the spark nose version of what we have already discussed. But I know you think that Julie made the wrong call here and should have gone for Austin here. But I really think that she made the right decision here in voting for Emily. Um, I think that the better decision would have been for her to vote out Drew if that was a possibility there. But he was had immunity. Um, I just think that with her positioning in the game, she has to keep that relationship with Austin and by extension Drew. Uh, I mean, and by extension uh she has to keep that relationship with D and by extension Austin at this point because she, it's just not, uh, you know, if she screws over D here, she is left with no one. She might be able to work with the Bellow people, but uh, I, I don't know necessarily what that is, you know, I don't know how strong that bond would be. 
And she might end up being like the new Bruce there as like the person that everybody agrees they need to get out, even if it's not necessarily best for their game. So I do really think Julie made the right call here and voting out uh, Emily over Austin. I think that at least gives her a better chance of making it through the final six vote here. Um, going as we are one episode away from the finale episode. So I think that'll be very interesting to see, but I think this was a fantastic episode all around. Yeah. You know, I think that the reason why I don't agree that Emily was the right call for Julie in this instance, right? I feel like sometimes you have, you got to take risk here, right? Like I think I, I agree with everything that you're saying in terms of like, mm-hmm being able to get through five she probably needs d and austin but is julie really in a winning position sticking with that trio i don't think so right yeah. and i think with no like knowing austin's on the plan it'd be one thing if austin told julie flat out yeah but he doesn't he tells d who then tells julie and if austin is um what's they're looking for if austin goes right then D only has Julie, right? It, then it cuts down D's options of what she wants to do, right? I think there's opportunity to try and pull Drew in because now you have to imagine that Emily may want to stick with Katora and Jake and Drew. You know, I think I think a reshuffling is what majority of people need because right now, I think, especially now going into final six, it's D's game to lose. Um, And I think for Julie, right, thinking about what her and D have also played so similarly throughout the entire season. So if you're sitting next to D at the end, the question is, is that what separates my move from D's move? And I think this was a prime opportunity to be able to do that, because I don't think that Julie is so dead in the water if you get to six. Right. I think at that point like the Reba, the core Reba's is gone, right? And I think there could be an opportunity to say like, let's just get out Drew. Like we we took out Austin, let's take out Drew if he doesn't win immunity. And now it's D, Julie, Katora, Emily, Jake, right? I think that's where maybe the women could see it in their best interest to come together to make it to four and then battle it out where it feels like an even playing field. You know, I think, I think there were so many combinations that Julie could have done where even if she wrote down Austin's name, she's not completely dead in the water. And yeah. she keeps D so loyalty to her. I think D gave a lot of information to Julie to say that like Austin's very important to me. And I think maybe for me as a player, if I gotta question it, I don't like that. Yeah. So I'm cutting I'm cutting out any options so that the person that I want to work with the most, like you will work with me that that's maybe not the best because i'm not taking into consideration the feelings of others and it's yeah. very self-interested <laughs> i think but... that's the other thing is that you kind of need to take in the feelings of others particularly the person that kept you safe here which is d um i think that d component is essential to her right now but i want to let you finish your thought your thought as well yeah i i mean i think that for, of course like I'm a financial analyst, Emily Flippenstamp first. So whatever <laughs> keeps Emily safe, that that I think is the right move. Also but fair. I think, <laughs> but I think if, I, if I'm Julie, those are things to think about and consider because when am I going to get an opportunity to separate Austin from, from D? And you have mm-hmm. to think about like the final four with Reba's. I imagine if Austin or Drew wins, 
Julie's going to fire. I don't think any yeah. of them are picking her. And if they win, there's a possibility that Austin and Julie are going to take each other. Or if Austin wins, there could be a scenario where he takes D. So that's not good for Julie, who then has yeah. to make fire. You know, I think if they think a little ahead, they then say, like, all right, when are my opportunities to really, like, give myself the best chance to get to final three? Yeah. You know, because even now, if D somehow wins final four immunity, who does she take? It'll be interesting. I, I, I'm excited to see that scenario play out. I think that would be very interesting to see moving forward. But yeah. we will save that for another time. Um, <laughs> I, we have still have a, we have one episode left before the finale. And I think this is going to be a really instrumental episode here. Um, so I'm very excited to see what happens. But um, Malcolm, we have one last task before we close out this episode. We, Let's individually... Do we do it separately. We have to make our episode MVP pick. So it can be anybody for any reason. Who do you think is the episode MVP here? Uh, it's D. To me, it's D. D. Yeah. It has to be, right? Like, again, seeing the strangle, like, it's it's been amazing to watch D play and to see just, like, the stranglehold where, like, even, like, this, like I think, Drew set this all up so perfectly. Mm -hmm. Austin just could not break away from D. And D yeah. was able to use that relationship with Austin to capitalize and move all the pieces that she needed to get the intended outcome that she wanted. Um, yes. Right? She gets Julie. She has Austin. Drew screws up his plans. And she's still sitting as, like, the queen of 45 where she gets she gets everything that she wants which i feel like is very consistent with her gameplay all season yeah. um and without right i think julie d had julie's fate in her hands right because it could have been very easy for d to be like you know what i it's time for me to like cut this off let me be my own player moving forward let me let austin and drew get this little win and then you know we'll be together again like there there could have been scenarios where letting Julie go would have made sense, but she held strong and fought for her agenda of like what works best for her and she mm -hmm. was able to execute it. So it has yeah. to go to D. Emily flipping in my heart, even though she got voted out, but like it's it's D. It, any any answer is the correct answer because it's our opinion here. But I'm glad you said D because I, I – and, you know, I feel differently about this vote. I think Julie made the right call here. But I wanted to have D and Julie both represented on here for the MVP list because I think they were, like, the legends of this episode. So I'm – you know, I think, like, this was their episode as a duo for different reasons. But I'm going to go with Julie as my episode MVP because I think, like – she was really the star of this episode, even if you don't con uh, even if you don't necessarily agree with her choice of voting out Emily here for for anyone. I think she, like she did so much this episode. I'm so glad she kept that idol. She never gave it back. She never even considered bringing it back. I was a little worried that she would feel like guilty about it. She doesn't. She doesn't. And I love her all the more for it. Um, she had several like great moments here. And for a while I've been predicting that uh, 
Julie would be the outlier in this Reba four faction or like the, the defector of the bunch. And it didn't necessarily play out the way I initially planned it to, but yeah, uh, Julie revenge tour is the storyline that I have been waiting for. And I am so excited to see what is happening this next episode. So with the and next I, I episode, I just want to say too, oh, yeah, yeah. I just want to give Julie her flowers too. Like, even though I, I gave D the star, like, I appreciate that Julie yeah. is coming out here to play, right? Like, she's not just like, I'm the mama, let me sit back and let me just like kind of, I don't want to say get dragged, right? But like, she's an active yeah. participant in the gameplay. And yes. she is, we're getting confessionals where she's thinking about her best interest. We're, think, we're getting Julie content where she's thinking about her relation to the jury, how it's making her feel, but also stepping back and saying, like, this is a game, I got to do what I got to do. So, like, I do appreciate that because I feel like it's sometimes, it, especially from, like, our older players on the cast, I think it's easy to make them one note, but we are getting good Julie content where she's here to play, and I think that's all I want out of any Survivor player to play. Uh, yeah, I think that was so well said. 100% agree. Um and next episode, it does seem, though, they are saying it is a war between Drew and Julie, I think. And because that makes sense, he is the kind of mastermind of this mastermind. Or he was the um, the initial executor of this Julie blindside plan that kind of fell apart. Not necessarily because of him, but because of the people around him. But, you know, like, still, your your plan failed. And I enjoyed it. Mm. But, um no offense to Drew. I just found it to be very funny. This was a great episode for me. Um, so I'm very excited to see what happens next. Malcolm, thank you so much for joining me for the episode 11 recap. It was such a joy to podcast again. You know you have an open invite whenever. Oh, and, course. Thank you for having yeah. me. I love yes. talking about Survivor and talking about it with you. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Same, same. And it was such a joy to do. Um, even when we don't agree, we have a great time. And that's the important thing here. Because no one mm -hmm. wants to listen to two people agree for <laughs> an hour and six minutes. Like, right. what are we doing there? Yes. <laughs> but Malcolm, where can people follow you? And is there anything that you would like to promote? Yeah, you can follow me at 1mcdaniel on Twitter, where I tweet random things and talk about Survivor. So feel free to follow me there. Uh, and then nothing to promote, you know, just let's finish out 2023 as strong as possible. Let's do that. Agreed. And you can follow me at Classically Gia on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for all of my reality TV shenanigans. Here on Silent Podcast, I am doing our weekly recaps of U.S. Survivor. I'm also doing Slosh Survivor, which we should have an episode out very soon. We have a couple other projects along the way coming up. So keep an eye out for those. Um, please also follow the Survivor, Survivor Diversity campaign on Twitter at Serve Diversity. That's at S-U-R-V Diversity. And uh, Christine Pal and I are still doing our uh, weekly roundups on Inside Survivors. So please check those out as well. Um, thank you all so much for supporting I Don't Know About That and Silent Podcast. And keep tuned because we will be talking about the penultimate episode very soon. Bye. Quiet. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... 
Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.